go ahead, go ahead and work it out. truly heard the reading of the word of God this morning. And it's one of those texts that can grab us when, when it's read like the writer intended it to be read. Minister Swan placed the emphasis on the areas that we believe God wanted his people to hear. You see, because it came to us as we were preparing that every now and then we run across something that grabs our attention and just holds it there. In other words, it, uh, it impacts you in what we may consider a profound manner. The text in Mark is that something this morning that has captured our attention in a profound way. Why, why, Pastor Keith, why? Pastor I, it is because a text like that causes the reader to pause in the moment and make a decision. A decision about whether or not we are going to pick up our cross and follow Jesus or live life on our own terms. Can I just tell you, can I, can, I, can I just teach just a minute here? Because that's where a man named Judson W. Van Der Venter found himself one day. He was at a crossroads and a decision had to be made. Now we realize, Pastor Keith and I realize that you all don't know this man. You're not familiar with his name, but I guarantee you, you are familiar with his work. Here is his testimony. He says, for some time I had struggles between developing my talents in the field of art and going into full evangelistic work, in other words, in ministry. As the last pivotal hour came in my life, he says, and I surrendered all. And as I did, a new day was ushered into my life, and I became an evangelist and developed a deep down in my sanctified soul, a talent hitherto unknown to me that God had hidden a song in my heart and touching a tender chord, he 
cause me to sin. You heard it. Mr. Van Deventer was the lyricist to the hymn we've sung for decades. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. And when we sing that song woo, with deep fervor and commitment, it causes us to make a decision. So this morning, we believe God wants us to encourage you from the thought. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we're grateful and thankful yet again for this time that we may stand in your holy presence, O oh God, that we may stand behind this sacred desk and break the bread of life with this thy waiting congregation. Now, O oh God, we ask that you will put me and keep on the decrease, you on the increase. Hide us, O oh God, behind that old rugged cross that we may not be seen or heard, but it is you who the people will see and hear in and through us. Now, God, just remind us, O oh Lord, that as we stand here to proclaim your word, O oh God, that it be your word, your will, that shall be done. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray and ask all things. And the people of God simply said, Amen. Today we must remember that if we want something from God, we must give him our own. A double L. A L L. All of our love, all of our trust. It's an all or nothing process. Although God will bless our mess and continues this even after we have done wrong, amen, somebody, he still expects us to provide him with our own. Few amens will make it easier on you. They'll make it easier on me. We will have a service above services if we amen to the truth. Because we all have done wrong. Am I right about it? We've all said some things that we shouldn't have said. We've all done some things that we shouldn't have done. Somebody went out there and cussed somebody one day and they loved them the next. Although we've done wrong, we've had some mess, he still expects us to provide him with our all. You see, the truth of the matter is that it's just like my mama used to say to me, either you trust God or you don't. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And we want you to know that same message that either we trust him or we don't. I hope I got a few more witnesses out there. Maybe some are out there on the the, the uh, virtual land will amen me. And a few of you will amen because we're just telling the truth. 
we're just telling it like it is. And we want you to know that either we trust God or we don't. Either we give him or our all or we don't. Sometimes we might be just giving him nothing. You see, when I was a boy, I, I, mama helped me to learn an Easter speech that she said, uh, and she began to say it over and over herself. It was, what can I give him as poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd give him a lamb. And if I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yes, what can I give him, though? What can I give him? I'll give him my heart. People of God, we got to give him the very essence of ourselves. We got to give him our heart. I hope somebody heard me. We got to give him our A-double-L. And either we take him at his word or we don't. For his word says in Hebrews 11 and 6 that we must believe in who he is because without faith it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Let me tell you a quick Bible story in Exodus 32 after God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, they became impatient with him. Oh, yeah, they became impatient with him. And ain't that just like us sometimes? God had given them many blessings, Pop, and, and many signs and many wonders, Rico, uh, including bringing them through the Red Sea. If I had seen all of that, I tell you right now, I would have been the best believer ever. Uh, to see the sea split in half and walk on dry land, you wouldn't have to ask me to give God my all. But because all to him means waiting on him, they got restless. Don't we do that? They got restless and they built a golden calf to worship him instead of God. But listen to me, listen to me. God is a jealous God. If you look at Exodus 34 and 14, it'll tell you how jealous he is. And my mama used to say to me, you might get by, but you won't get away. Uh, and that's exactly what happened in this story. They could get by. They praised and they jumped and they hollered and, and to this, this golden calf. They, but, they, but in a short time, <laughs> they, they, God got tired of it. Don't, they didn't remember him like they should. They didn't stay committed to him like they should. And he became out of sight and out of mind to them. But they didn't get away because God demanded, and he still demands, all the worship. All the glory, all the honor, not some of the piece of the pie, figuratively speaking, but all of the pie. God demands it. And he instructed Moses to kill about 3,000 of the Israelites just because they didn't give him their all. And they were his chosen people. 
They wouldn't give him all their commitment. They wouldn't give him all their undivided attention. They would not give him their hopeful expectation of increasing blessings on their lives. No, 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 they, they wouldn't do it. And so uh, let me tell you something. God may not do all the killing these days. I haven't seen him doing that kind of killing lately, but he's still a jealous God. I don't know. He, he just might cut us off uh, if we don't keep his commandments. I don't know. He, he might just remove his favor if we don't address his concerns. I, I don't even know. He might even remove his love from us, uh, Brother CJ, if we don't keep our commitments to him. I just don't know. But because with God we are required to choose, we are required to choose life. We're required to choose love. We're required to choose surrender uh, because all these things are of God. And overall, we are to offer him all. A-double-L. Or it's nothing. We must ride, rely totally on God. We must give him our all, all our concern, all our cares, all of our issues, all of our commitments. We must give him all. I hope that's an amen in the corner right now. Or we may receive nothing. That's up to God. We must trust God in all we do, who we are. Serve him with all of who we are, meaning serve him with gladness. Don't come in with an attitude. Uh, if we want to be blessed, we must resist the devil and all of what he might be doing to us. I can remember recently looking uh, at Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And her daughter was all in a tizzy because her husband had got with another woman, throwed her out of the house, and she didn't know what to do. And, I, and that man was my everything. And Cicely Tyson looked back at her and said, God is your everything. I, I want somebody to know that God is all that we need. God is our everything. Also, let me tell you this. Uh, recently, uh, Pastor I and I attended a funeral with a, a young woman who died tragically by suicide. And uh, she had a young man come and sing at her funeral. And he had composed this song. He said, it will be all right. It will be all right. So we want you to know today that in all of life's ills, in all of life's tribulations, in all of life's twists and turns. Anybody had some twists and turns? I'll raise two hands for you. If you hold on to God with all that you have, not some of what you got, but all of what you've got, it will be all right. Because God is our everything. You see, back in the day, Jane Cleveland used to say that everything will be all right because he woke up one morning. Wasn't no food on his table. And that's when he found out that God was able. 
Uh, everything will be all right. And, and, and will for us, if we give God our all, everything will be all right. So it's all to him, or it might as well be nothing to him. And so in the text, we notice that the strict law keepers of the Jewish faith of God, the high priest, the, the wealthy elements of the population, all of them known, uh, wanted to question Jesus, asking him, what is the greatest commandment of all? That's that word again, all, A-double-L. And so Jesus brings us our first point to them, for he says the first of the first of the commandments is to hear or listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Did you hear that? He's the one and only Lord. This was probably the most well-known passage in the Old Testament by practicing Jews since it was expected to be recited twice every day. In other words, like the point I already raised, God is our everything. To be blessed over all, to make it through life's challenges over all, we must recognize who God is and give him all. It is all or nothing. Hallelujah. It is, it is, it is. Well, my brothers and sisters, um, I'm going to back up just a little bit and share uh, a little bit of what I know and come to understand about the gospel writer named Mark. You know, you know our, our sermonic title this morning uh, connects well, actually, with the literary uh, character of the book of Mark. You know, every book in the Bible has its own nuances. It has its own special character. It has its genre that it represents. Uh, and, 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 and so Mark is known, I want you to understand that Mark is known in the Gospels as the Gospel of Action. All right, all right. Uh, uh, he, he's known, if you uh, take your time and read through Mark, you will understand that he is known to plunge his audience uh, into the drama of Jesus' ministry. And can I tell somebody, it was a whole lot of stuff going on as Jesus walked the earth. Uh -huh. uh, by comparison, uh, Mark I I I is, is the one uh, who, who portrays the human side of Jesus. Uh, how do I know? Because Mark is the one who tells us that Jesus got tired. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, Mark is the one who set, lets us know that Jesus was angry. He was mad. Uh, he was doing all kinds of, of things to let us know that he wasn't happy with what he saw. But yet Jesus was compassionate. Uh, he had compassion on on women and the poor and widows, you will see that there was even times where Jesus was reflective. Mark, Mark is the one who helps us to see these things. Uh, he writes, though, with a pace. He writes with a pace that is well known, very well known uh, for its, his attentiveness. He captures the attentiveness of his audience. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you that. Why is she telling me that? Why is she telling me that? Because it helps you to understand how the writer is thinking as he writes. 
Amen, amen, amen. See, it gets you behind that person. It's like looking over his shoulder and seeing how Mark is writing and, and how he's putting it down so that we, thousands and thousands of years later, when we read it, we feel what the first readers felt. Come on. Mm. I'm just helping somebody. I'm just helping somebody. And so we see, we see uh, it, it, it was part of his style to include the issue of the most important commandment. In my Bible, in my Bible where, where this pericope begins, it's called the most important commandment. And he puts it in with other topics that are challenging and contentious. All right, all right. Uh, you see, because nothing can bring out the lights, camera, action situation uh, than, to than topics like taxes. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 am I supposed to? Do I, am I supposed to pay to you? Uh, who, who gets what? And uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, and, and, and who is the Messiah? Mm, 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 mm. See stuff that, that make you think and discussions about the resurrection, especially when you are in mixed company and you have those who believe in it uh, and those who don't. Uh, oh, Mark, Mark, that Mark is something else. You see, all these conversations uh, have the propensity to lead uh, to heated debate. You all ever heard of heated debate? You've been in some heated debates or, or, or maybe you all like to call them intense fellowship. Ah, yeah, yeah. Y'all had y'all had some intense fellowship every now and then. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh. Well, see, it happened then, and it will happen now. I'm telling you, you know we still have to tread lightly in some circles when religion and politics come up in the conversation. I, I think I'm right about it this morning. Uh, uh, Mark was famous uh, for putting these topics together because it showed Jesus in action. I just want to teach. I had to get that off my chest. But see, immediately prior to our text, Jesus had been in the midst of three challenges. If you read in Mark eleven twenty-seven through twelve twenty-seven, you will find that there are questions being asked of Jesus. But when we get to this part of the text, the 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 question that is asked it deviates in tone and is less adversarial. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Even though the Pharisees, even though those religious leaders are asking questions to test Jesus, um, we need to understand that this was not, I said it was not a hostile encounter. All right, you got that? You got that? You see, you see, for this teacher was positively inclined toward Jesus. And in verse 28 of the text, it lets us know that this man was the one who asked the question. He says, which of all of the commandments is the most important? Uh-huh, now, now we need to recognize, you need to understand this too, that in the Torah, that there are 613 separate commandments from Genesis to Deuteronomy. Yeah, I said that. 613 separate commandments. 248 were affirmative and 365 were negative. And Jewish teachers would often debate. They would often have those heated discussions, uh, Reverend Veronica, that, that, that wanted to figure out uh, which one of these laws, uh, which one of the commandments, uh, which one of those rules 
uh, was more important than the others. Uh, I believe we have that same argument today. What, what, where do we lay our hats? Where do we la land on same-sex relationships? Uh, where do we land our hat uh, on, on, on living together without marital uh, covenant? Uh, what we, we look at those things. Is smoking still a sin? Uh, is it all right to do this? Uh, and, and your stuff is worse than my stuff. Uh, you know how we... How, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's how they did it. Uh, so let me be clear that none of these rules, none of the commandments were unimportant, but there were some that weighed heavier than others. Ah, yeah, 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 that, that was it. That was it. Uh, but, 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 but uh, I, I want to I give you a point. I want to I set you up for a point because Pastor Keith told you since God is everything, amen, my second point is this, that God demands a total clean. Mm, 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 mm. What, 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 what in the world? What in the world? Let me, let, let me help you. Let me help you. Do, do, do you know what it is to totally cling to something? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Pastor Keith, he, he clings pretty closely to me. Amen. Amen. Come on, come on, come on, come on, somebody. <laughs> I cling, I cling pretty close to him. Uh -huh. We know some other folks in the audience here. Uh-huh, I see you, I hear you, Brother Sultan, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so we know we know what it's like to cling to somebody. But, but I want to take you all away from, from, from that for just a minute because I, I, I want to rewind the tape a little bit. I want to go back some years uh, I, because I remember that there was a commercial that used to come on television for a product called Saran Wrap. Uh-huh, anybody ever use saran wrap in the, in the house? You all are familiar with it? Well, well, let me tell you, Sister Leona, they had a selling point. And their selling point was this, that if you bought their product, it would grip tightly to the bowl where we stored our food, right? Amen, amen, you all, you all know. And, and, and it had a purpose. Well, it had a, a, a couple purposes. Number one, it would preserve the food. Yeah, yeah, we didn't want our food to go to waste, especially not now, how is food is, how is everything is. We want to make sure we can eat it another time if we got any left over. Amen, somebody. It would seal in the freshness, uh-huh. And the third thing it did is it prevented leaks. Ah, yeah, 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 that, 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 that was the selling points for the saran wrap. And, and for a long time, uh, you know, I would just get it and, and use it. I never really understood how it worked, Minister Swan. But, but, but after a little research, I, I kind of tell you all I learned something. I, I learned the reason that the stuff works is because of something called an electrostatic charge. Ah, uh, 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 where are you going, Pastor? Where, where are you going with this? Uh, I don't hear no Bible yet. Oh God, well let me help you. Let me let me let me help you just a minute. You see, the positive charge of the plastic and the negative charge of the container made the plastic bowl stick to the saran wrap. There was a negative, there was a positive, and when you put them together, it made the stuff stick, all right? All right, come on, tell somebody I learned something today. Ah, yes, yes, yes. But, but, but because, 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 come on, I'm gonna help you understand this in our situation, because we, 
I'm talking we, I'm talking all of us, I'm talking humankind, because we often carry around too much negative energy, a.k.a. a negative charge, that's right, I said it in the pulpit, a whole lot of flesh and a little bit of spirit, God knew that we needed, that he needed to counteract our natural negative inclinations with a positive adoration called love. Oh, God, I think I'm helping somebody this morning. He knew this love was going to have to be the kind of love that would make us go all the way in because it was the all or nothing principle at work. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And so when we get to chapter, to, to verse number 30 in our text, and we hear Jesus speaking, Jesus says you must love the Lord your God with. With what, Pastor? With all your heart. What's that mean? That, that means all of your thinking and all of your affection. Anybody got some thinking and affection this morning for the Lord our God? He says, I want you to love me with all of your soul. That means your desire and your feelings with all of your mind. Your mind is your understanding and with all of your strength. That means I'm talking about your energy and the power that the Lord has given you. You see, that is how we become able to cling to the Lord our God. Because when we give him our all, we give him our all because it is all or nothing. We're just trying to help somebody this morning. Um, you see, we can't afford, my brothers and sisters, uh, to give him our least, um, to give him our last, uh, and to give him what's left over. Jesus does not deserve, uh, I said he doesn't deserve, uh, nor does he expect uh, a half-hearted, uh, lackluster response um, to those that he has given so much. Does anybody understand that Jesus uh, paid it all, that he gave it all, and when he gave it all, all to him we owe. Come on in the house this morning, I need to see somebody who's ready to give God your all. God commands us to give us him our total cling. We, we got to cling to him and nobody else. Can I tell you this morning, not your boo, not your shorty. And as the four tops would say, not even your sugar pie, honey bunch. Oh, and when we got to do the total cling, we can't give it to We can only give it to him. Not to nothing else, not even our good government jobs, not even our good fine homes up on the hill, not even our wonderful cars that talk to us, park for us, back up for us, all the bells and whistles, we still can't give it our all. And above all else, we give everything to our God. When we love God with our whole hearts and with our soul and with our mind and our strength. It does have a way of preserving us. Anybody a witness in the house as to how God will preserve 
because even in the midst of our storms, come on now, you can stand up and be like Jesus and say, peace, be still, I gave it my all. Can I tell you, he has a way of preserving us. So guess what? We don't even look like what we've been through. Oh, God, 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 God. Oh, God, I told you that that's saran wrap. They told us that it would keep in the freshness. Well, guess what? When we have a love for the Savior, it has a way of sealing us and sealing in the freshness that Jesus gives. You know what freshness is, don't you? Uh-huh. It means uh, even though we've been through the storm and the rain, uh, we're still not tired yet. We're not faded, neither are we worn. But you look refreshed. Girl, I know you're going through a storm, but you still look good to me. You're still standing tall. You still square your shoulders back. You can still look the enemy in the eye and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Oh, God. I'm just trying to help somebody this morning. When you enter a room, somebody will tell somebody else, well, that is a fresh man of God, or that's a fresh woman of God, if I ever seen one. Where's all my fresh people that in the house this morning? Do I have anybody that carries the freshness of God? And guess what? Guess what? I'm almost done. Guess what? I'm almost done. And the third thing was, we won't even leak. We won't leak. Oh, God. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If we will but surrender to his will and his way and follow his, I said follow his commands, we can be just like Mr. Van Deventer and pick up our cross, surrender all, and to all, to him, we will freely, freely give. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And when we do, when we get to that place where we've made up our mind to let it be all or nothing, God will usher you into a new day and give you that new theme song. <laughs> that reminds us, oh, that we are surrendered to our blessed Savior because he gave his all. We should give ours too. And the people of God said amen. We got more, we got more. As a, as a matter of fact, when we, when we come back, not next week, but when we get back, gonna give you a little more we're gonna finish out that text because we only dealt with just a piece of it this morning I want you to come and understand what it what what what, what he was saying about that relationship that is where we stand this morning 
forgiven God. See, it's about the relationship between us and the Father. It's that vertical relationship. Next time, next time we'll talk about the horizontal. So when you get a vertical and a horizontal, what you got? You got a cross. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's been a wonderful, wonderful day. I tell you all, I tell you all, it's been a wonderful morning. We're going to come together. Everybody ready to come and sup at the table this morning?